0: Welcome to the This Gameware podcast, Get N or Get Out. I'm Chris, and over there is.
1: Me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Look very confused by no, that one. I don't understand it.
0: Get N or Get Out is the, or what Nintendo was. Nintendo something or other. Yeah, it was the Nintendo 64 slogan. It sounds quite threatening. Was it? Apparently. Yeah,
1: that kind of makes sense in a way, because there was the old rivalry then boiling up with PlayStation. So they maybe were trying to be a more edgy version of themselves. I don't or,
0: know, or trying like you know, get get in, get in the club type thing, isn't it? That inclusivity. If you're not, if you're not N, then you're yeah. out.
1: But also, there's an element of exclusivity in built into true the statement.
0: I was very much out. I, I was a PS One boy.
1: Yeah, that surprises me. I was. I had a Nintendo sixty four, while all around me were losing theirs losing them yeah if you can i can't remember the phrase but if you can keep your head whilst all around you are losing theirs
0: i see i
1: was f- referring to that because right, everyone th- went not so
0: i thought you were literally like for the PlayStation people were one. literally losing their n64s like down the toilet no. or something
1: no because nobody bought one did they i did no well i had one
0: the reason i've chosen that is because today is an n64 game because i did have access to n64 at uh, a youth club. I think I've told this story before as well. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, when I was uh, a nipper, I was about 13, 14, my parents were like, right. Is this you
1: Banjo-Kazooie?
0: you spent spending too much time sat in your room.
1: Oh, um, I've already got it, haven't I?
0: Spend too much time sat in your room. So we're <laughs> going to sign up to a youth club. So every Tuesday I went to a youth club and uh, went in, marched straight through to the games room, just sat and played N64 for two and a half hours and then left again. Job yeah. done.
1: So in a way it was good for you.
0: It, well I did I did diversified your my gaming portfolio and I did make friends mm. it, it did pay off long term but I was just, I was just very shy very shy anyway also today I'm
1: interested in meeting people presumably because you know people
0: well I, it's I did end me, aren't they? I did end up like you know chat to people uh while I was playing games and then sort of hang out with them in the rooms at the youth club that weren't the games room pinball Cool. disco room <laughs> anyway
1: youth clubs are just the worst idea yeah <laughs> In my view. I know that they do a lot of good for a lot of people, but... Ugh.
0: Cheap sweets. That's why I can sort of make memory as well.
1: Yeah. Mm, that's their thing, yeah.
0: Well, this week, we're playing this game where you save your little sister from an evil witch by collecting everything not nailed down. Mumble, mumble.
1: Ah, oh, I wonder what it could be. I've already guessed. I've already guessed.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Banjo-Kazooie!
1: Yeah. Okay, I can tell you what the outcome of this is going to be already, I think. Oh, no. You're going to have your nostalgia goggles on and be like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. And because I only played Banjo-Kazooie for the first time on the Xbox 360, I'm going to be like, yeah, this isn't so amazing, is it?
2: Oh,
0: is that that end of episode there? (laughs) That's the second one. Yeah,
1: I think that will be the episode. I'm interested (laughs) to hear what you've got to say. I really liked Donkey Kong 64, I will tell you that. I know that people generally didn't, and that actually that was the death knell of collector mania type platformers. I never
0: played Donkey Kong 64 because that wasn't one of the cartridges at the youth club. Yeah. So I, I have no no idea.
1: Well, I got a real good deal uh, on Donkey Kong 64 because it came with the uh, expansion card the 64
0: oh, was it one of the ones that was like 70 or 80 quid or something
1: supposed to be and i got it for 35 i didn't buy it myself i pointed my mum in the direction of game <laughs> excellent because she got me for christmas it was the same year that i got perfect dark and that needed an expansion card so i didn't get perfect dark for christmas i actually bought perfect dark myself and that was i think 60 pounds. About four months before Christmas, and if you don't have the expansion card, the only thing that you can do is play multiplayer against bots. Really? With a limited number of humans, yeah. So um, I was waiting patiently, very patiently, uh, playing against bots on this uh, on this multiplayer version of... Get your skills up. Of Perfect Dark. Yeah, something like that. It was worth the wait, though, because Perfect Dark was fab.
0: And also, Don Conquest for and up both rare titles, which obviously, yeah. or maybe not obviously, Banjo Kazooie is a rare title. That's rare yeah. the the, the developer. It's not a, a rare game. Just just in case that wasn't clear.
1: To add to that, uh, it, to complete the trio, I think I got at the same time Conquer's Bad Fair Day. So, what again? A, what a Christmas!
0: Never played, but I know it's uh, it's supposed to be very very good.
1: Mm. I recently sold my copy because it it just sat on the shelf for a long time. Is it worth it now? Well, I sold it for £140. Ooh, nice. So, yeah. Um, I say recently. That was a year ago or so, but uh, I think it would probably be worth even more now. It didn't sell very well because it was one of the last games to out on the N64. The N64 didn't sell very many uh, consoles anyway. So, they were were few and far between in relative terms. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it then became a very desirable title. I don't really so understand a- why. It's actually funny. Actually, became a
0: actually became a rare title. <laughs> mm, I mean, yeah, mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Banjo Kazooie is a 3D third-person platformer that was released in summer 1998 on the N64. As we said, is a rare game. It's mm. got nine free-roaming levels where you use Banjo and Kazooie's abilities to solve puzzles, collect things, and generally be a good old 3D platformer. Now, this collecting thing—let's address the elephant in the room now. Banjo Kazooie has a real reputation for being a collectathon, or one of maybe not the first collectathons, thons, but it's 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 collecting everything. It's bursting at the seams with things to collect.
1: Yeah, it's at it's at the rare template on. Yeah. That
0: yeah Front. so i made i did the list uh, of things that you can collect in the game because they're all tied into different gameplay mechanics and and like there are there are quite a few but it doesn't seem i don't think maybe it'll be the proof of being the pudding it'd be quite a different way to play it, but just written down it doesn't seem like there's that much i yeah. don't know Go on. so in each level and also there's only nine levels in my head this was like this massive sprawling epic and there's only nine
1: Yeah, but they operate pretty big. Yeah, more like hub worlds, as as I remember.
0: Yeah, the on how on speed it says eleven half hours to complete the main game, but it's a lot longer if you want to complete all the extras and get all these extra collectibles, etc. So there you go. So the things you can collect, there are. um, It operates in a similar sort of way to Mars sixty four, where you've got access to one or maybe two levels at the start of the game, and once you've done objectives within those, it will then open up other levels you can go to now the the things you need to collect in those levels are jiggies which are jigsaw pieces the oh. more jiggies you collect or whatever the numbers you need to get of these jiggies they will then these jigsaw pieces then lock together i think to to create the door that enables you to get into the next level you have also got within the main overworld area, there are also musical notes that allow you to progress to different areas within that as well. Um, there are honeycomb pieces to collect to increase your health. Within each level, there are also five things called Jinjos. And if you collect all five Jinjos, they give you one Jiggy. Uh oh, are... genies. I can't remember, to be honest. Oh. And there are also... Hang on. There are also puzzles within the levels that require, often require things to be collected to solve them as well. Um, I didn't really get into kind of the minutiae of that. And then the final kind of collect is uh, Mumbo Jumbo, who is a shaman, who can transform Banjo and Kasui into different animals, which again have their own abilities. So for example, there's a termite, and once you're a termite, you're obviously small, you can burrow. There's a, a walrus, there's a bee, there's loads of other different things you can turn into. But in order for Mumbo Jumbo to, to transform you into those things, you have to find Mumbo tokens. Mm. so lots and lots of things but i don't think it to me you know being someone who played a lot of 3d platformers on the ps1 like spyro crash etc it doesn't feel like there's anything drastically It doesn't seem like there's a lot like excessively a lot I, i mean
1: yeah especially in the context of the time that it came out
0: yeah exactly
1: it's just whether they were all that inventive or interesting in the ways that they were approaching those collect those collections so if you think mario 64 mario 64 possibly it's good because you are going for a star in each level every time you enter a level you're aiming for a star that's the goal and there's a level of exploration to do and there are some minor side side sidelines like the reds coins and things like that Mm -hmm. um but but for the most part you're going for a star and each star is a challenge of a different kind depending on which star it is so there might be skill challenges or speed challenges or or something like that and there was a level of variety to the offerings um that mario 64 gate presented in terms of what you were expected to do to get each of these stars do you get the same variety? I see from what Ban you mean. Kasui?
0: I assume the transforming of animals would give you variety because you're changing the character that you're playing as, and therefore yeah. how they control. I don't think there's a great deal of variety beyond that. Yeah. Like, I think you exploring a level and you might see a jiggy on a cliff in the distance so you've got to figure out how to get up to that jiggy while you'll find that jiggy you might see over yonder there's a, a jinjo i hope mm. i'm pronouncing that right to go and get that i i think it's a bit more almost in the way of like mario odyssey where here you go here's a a level go and go and collect everything i think
1: yeah 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 but again, the variety offered in Odyssey, I just don't think will be there when we come back to Banjo-Kazooie. I don't think that the level of challenge will be there. It's just a case of there are so many of these things in this area that you're in. Go go get them. Go yeah. touch them so that you can collect them. It's not necessarily that they are going to be um, hidden in, in unusual or interesting ways that make you think or challenge you in... Uh, maybe a platforming way it's just that they're there and that's where i think the game might slip up for us but i'm preempting uh somewhat here i i haven't played this since about two well i don't know when it would have been i think 2007 or 8 is when it came out on the xbox 360 i can't remember yeah
0: 2008
1: yeah so um i won't have played it since then and
0: I'm grasping at memories from probably about 2000, maybe 1999 yeah. when I played it. So yeah, it's quite a while ago.
1: Yeah. Time wasn't kind to it. And we were in a different moment in 2008 and I was not, not terribly impressed as far as I remember. Right. But maybe approaching it with a more open mind today than I've currently got will allow it to shine in a way that it didn't then.
0: Maybe. Well, I went into. It's actually interesting you said about uh, Mario 64 because I went down a bit of a, a rabbit hole looking into its development history because it started off as being a completely different game, and during the development of it, they were in Mario 64 released, and Rare was so inspired by Mario 64 that they wanted to pay homage to Mario 64. Initially, during development, they didn't want to make a platformer because mm. up until sort of the mid nineties, Rare they'd received a lot of accolade and acclaim for creating the donkey kong country games on the SNES, which were really really good platformers so they wanted mm. to quite admirably i think you know take a bit of a, a curveball and, and do something completely different so there is amazingly there is a wikipedia page all about project dream which was the the code name for the project that eventually ended up becoming banjo kazooie so i've i've cribbed kind of my, my key points from that but if anyone's interested like there's a, there's a whole whole thing about it the whole history. So, the game was called Project Dream initially and Rare were inspired by JRPGs and LucasArts adventure games and wanted to design something that took elements of those two disparate gameplay styles and bring them together on the SNES. And they decided to bring them together in an isometric game that's themed around fairy tales. At some point during development they then shifted to be making a 3D pirate themed RPG for the N64. Ah. Which is interesting. very, very strange. Um, yeah, and, but also something that
1: they've come back to because the the game that they're currently working on is Sea of Thieves.
0: Absolutely, yes. I'll I'll, uh, I'll come back to that a little bit in in a, in a few mm. minutes. Wasn't aware of that. Then during development of of that, Mario sixty four released, and they decided they wanted to do something that that harks back to their Donkey Kong lineage, but also pay tribute to Mario sixty four. Um, interestingly, Donkey Kong Country was the second best selling SNES game behind Super Mario World, and. Mm you know again with that pedigree they wanted to kind of link back to that i suppose because of the scope they had for this 3d pirate themed rpg for the n64 i keep saying pirate themed I, I sound like little britain like you know that pirate themed memory game do you remember that sketch no i don't it was a really good sketch from the first series so i'll move right, on you can. um they hang on let me have a thread again Because the scope for this pirate-themed game was too much, they realised that they couldn't compete with kind of the other games that were coming out, such as Mario 64. So they decided they wanted to do something that that leaned into that and uh, picked up the kind of battle that Mario 64 had had started carrying. Now, as you've said. The pirate theme, they then picked that back up again for the 2018 game Sea of Thieves. And the antagonist of Dreams, who is called Captain Black-Eye, has since appeared in other rare games. I don't know if he appears in Sea of Thieves or not, but uh, we've got this kind of piratey link there as well. Banjo Mm. was going to be a character that was going to be in Dreams, so I guess they had the the character model for Banjo and sort of pulled that out, and that became the character that you played as in Mm. Banjo-Kazooie. While developing this project dream title i thought it's also interesting that rare were also working on multiple other games which have since become we've sort of mentioned a few already classics for the n64 you've got the donkey kong games you've got killer instinct diddy kong racing uh golden were all being worked on during the development of project dream and there's some yeah some some really amazing games there diddy kong racing interestingly was banjo's first official appearance back in 1997 yeah. And Conquerors, and Conquerors, exactly, yeah, yeah, because in Digimon Racing, isn't it, he's really cutesy?
1: Yeah, and that was the goal in the first instance. They were going to make another character platformer, and right? Conker was going to be the star, and uh, I think there's a Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance version of Conker where that is the case, where he's like cutesy, but then they kind of realised that it was being slightly over-egged Slightly overworked that that uh, character platformer niche, and they wanted to do something to make it stand out, and that's how Conquer ended up being a drunkard.
0: <laughs> well, I suppose Banjo Kazooie is is that, isn't it? It's a cutesy platform it eh? is yeah exactly. so i i yeah i can see their their logic was pointed in that again the the, the inspiration for banjo kazooie I've, I've mentioned mario has it for a few times but also disney animations they wanted to make it this thing that could be appreciated by young and old just by mm. the look of it and the style of it and the, the plot as well the development on what was then banjo kazooie began in earnest in march 1997 so way after the idea of project dream first started it started with 15 people and it took 16 months in total for it to to bear fruition Kazoie um, mm. kazooie is the little bird that's in banjo's backpack that pops up mm-hmm. and they added that character to enable banjo to fly and to do double jump etc um, the bird is named kazooie because the kazoo is an annoying instrument and they realized that kazoo was that kazooie the character was quite annoying so they called it kazooie yeah. i've I've mentioned I've mentioned the, the mumbling in my this game wear bit as well. This is another one of the things the game is known for is the whole mumble mumble thing, which I always thought was quite endearing as well. Mm. And the reason they did that was so that characters could convey their personality without actually speaking. So, oh. if any, in case anyone's not sure, so characters when you speak to them, they'll, the text will appear at the bottom to say what they're actually saying, but it will just be replicated in game with the characters going mum 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 mum. Mm-hmm. But it's quite characterful in how they do it, if it's like high-pitched mm-hmm. or low-pitched or quite sing-song or, or not. I've mentioned the, the plot. The plot is also quite Disney as well, I guess. You've got to save your little sister Tootie from Gruntilda, the wicked green witch. An um, interesting note is they originally planned for there to be a multiplayer mode and a lot more levels. I mentioned there are nine. They they wanted to do more than that. But some of those aspects, some of the levels they had planned for this and also the multiplayer then popped up in the sequel, Banjo 2, which came out um, a couple of, years, couple of years later in 2000. One last story before we actually start and play, playing the game then. Have you heard of Stop and Swap?
1: Yeah. Ah... Yeah, so this was they they were going to do this, and then I think Nintendo put the kibosh on it because they didn't want it to damage the the N sixty four itself oh, console. Right? I, okay. I might I might have misremembered it. Well, it's, but it's they were.
0: It's really vague as to what stop and swap actually is. So, stop and swap is this idea, and again, it's never been explained properly. People at Rare know what it is, but no one's ever gone on record to say this is what it is that the 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 people have gleaned from like documents and, and things that have been mentioned or like previews that came out way before the game actually released where the feature was part of it but was then cut. People have put these things together to th- put together what they think stop and swap is but no one's no one knows for sure or no one at Rare's actually ever said. So stop it and swap. So this is stop apostrophe and apostrophe swap is people think it's the idea of within Rare, the fact that you've got these different Rare games that are on N64, that you could swap cartridges while the N64 was turned on in order to transfer data between... Now, people think that Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, and Banjo 2e had contents that could be transferred between them. So, if you were on Banjo 2e, for example, the sequel came in 2000, with the console on, you'd go to the certain areas in the game and enable stop and swap, or or say yes you wanted to do it. You would then remove the Banjo 2e cartridge, put in the Banjo Kazooie cartridge, and mm. it would then resume play within Banjo-Kazooie or something I'm not really sure as I said no one's really sure but it was never implemented due to the N64 hardware itself maybe not liking it or maybe like you said which makes sense that Nintendo maybe just didn't really like the idea
1: I can't remember where I read it but I'm pretty sure well I'm not pretty sure obviously but I think it was a case of Nintendo Didn't like the idea because they were concerned that people would damage their consoles.
0: Was it damaged the console? No idea. Don't know. I guess guess, Nintendo would know. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. Yeah.
1: there there is something uh, about, and this is half remembered, but when the arcade version, the Xbox arcade version came out, I thought that they tried to implement some of the original stop and swap features.
0: Yeah, for the Xbox version, uh, which came out obviously 10 years later or so, uh, they, they've they re-implemented the stop and swap feature as almost like a tribute. Uh, so within the, the games mm. that were available on the Xbox Live, you could, there were elements where you could go between the games or transfer content between the games, which is a bit of a, a nod towards that.
2: Yeah, but, so but they, Rare, they, they, but Rare we
0: do have, know
1: what stop and swap was.
0: But Rare have never said, that is what we're originally planned. I, th- I think it's kind of it was the Xbox people kind of went in afterwards and put this in. I think.
1: The Xbox people are rare.
0: Well, the original team, I mean. The original people who made Banjo-Kazooie. Right. That's okay. what I mean. Okay.
1: Right. I don't know what the involvement was uh, at no. that point. No, no. In 2007, and seven, eight.
0: No, I, I just think it's interesting that no one knows that it, it's yeah. all hearsay and conjecture. I just think that's fascinating.
1: I'm now probably going to spend some of the... Uh, <laughs> mo- most of my time when I'm supposed to be playing... Trying to find where it said about swap, uh, where I read about stop and swap, and uh, what it was and why it wasn't implemented. Because I'm fairly sure that there is an answer of a kind, at
0: least. Possibly, it would be nice to maybe put that mystery to bed. Maybe this can be the the answer to, to that. You know, we, we've we talked before about the secret of monkey Island. Maybe we're going to uncover the secret of stop and swap tonight.
1: It's only it's only going to uncover the secret of stop and swap for us if it exists, because presumably I've read it in some journalism that is fairly well well known.
0: I mean, you you make a fair point. You
1: know. Yeah, well, let, let's go and have a look for that, and definitely play the game. Yep, we'll definitely play, play, the play the game. game. Too.
0: That was Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie mm. that was.
1: Would you, off the strength of Banjo-Kazooie, play Banjo-Tooie?
0: Yes, because I'd be interested to see where they went with it.
1: Yeah, oh, interesting. I wouldn't. Really? Off the strength of Banjo-Kazooie? No. Not really, no. Because if it was... It just didn't... Wh- it whelmed me. That That's what it did. <laughs> it's one of those. I didn't... I wasn't overwhelmed by it. I was close to underwhelmed. But at the same time, I feel like I was a bit surprised because I was kind of expecting not to like it. And I kind of did like it. It was okay.
0: Yeah. That's, that's my that's my overriding emotion is it was okay. There was yeah. a lot of stuff in it I was getting frustrated and wound up by and actively did not like. But then there were quite a few things that I did quite like. So uh, yeah. on average, it probably is, is okay overall.
1: I don't think there was anything that I particularly liked. What did you particularly like?
0: I liked exploring the levels. I liked the dopamine rush of finding all the billions and billions of collectibles every time. Mm. That was lovely.
1: The levels were actually a lot smaller than I was expecting after yeah, uh, our first half talk. And I'm not really sure I was expecting them to be much bigger than they are, but they are very bite-sized. And I think that first level, I was able to... I, I got 94 of the 100 uh, musical notes, and I found everything else in the level. Uh, bar one musical note, and I went back in and found that. Uh, but they're very doable; they're very completable I think, and even it- on the first run, it feels like you could just you could walk through it in the first run and and be done with it.
0: If you if you link it to Mario sixty four, I think the first level, which is Mumbo's Mountain, is fairly similar in size to Bob on Battlefield in Mario sixty four. First one,
1: yeah. It's a lot less interesting, though.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. There's
1: a lot less elements to it, and it's not even like the visuals. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not. I don't know what it is about Bob on Battlefield that makes it so much better than what's this one called?
0: Uh, Mumbo's Mountain.
1: Mumbo's Mountain.
0: I think but in Bob on Battlefield, you got that that trek up up the actual pyramid thing in the middle and don't don't the bombs like rain down on you actually actually going up that and there's a, 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 a sense point, yeah. yeah and there's a sense of like this this battlefield raging around yeah, you whereas whereas this is just like it's just an area to explore
1: i think there's a sense of a journey actually taking place now that you think yes. about it Are you making me think of bob on battlefield in a way that i haven't before but you you arrive at bob on battlefield and the the level is a- ahead of you in front of you and around you, and you've got a goal. You've got to get to the top of the of the uh, hill, or the mountain, and fe- and face off against King Bobom. And you ha- and and as a result, you have to take a journey through the level. And it's in in that sense, I suppose, it's um, very traditional Mario fair, going from the start of the level to the end, but in a very new and unique way for nineteen ninety seven. I think it was in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, here, those levels are they're more sandboxy, and they're more uh, they're they're not as focused as a result. Yeah, you've you've just got lot, and you've got lots of lot, and you've got lots of bite size tasks to do. You've got to collect the musical notes. You've got to collect the gin guys. I can't remember what you called. Jijos. Yeah, you've got to collect the jiggies. The Jiggies are the equivalent of the stars, I suppose, because there's little challenges attached to each one of them. They're not really very challenging, any of the ones that I came across, and a lot of them were just out in the open in the level. The exploration wasn't really very uh, exploration heavy. It was just a case of walking around...
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. The point you were making linking it to Bob and Battlefield is that this just felt like I was meandering around and just stumbling across things left, right and center because the level is very small, but it's very, very tightly packed. that. There is quite a lot of stuff going on within it. But even though there is that, like I wasn't really particularly excited to explore it. Like I just kept, like I said, stumbling across, oh, this thing's happening over here or this thing's happening over here. And it was just quite inconsequential.
1: Even on your first journey into Bob and Battlefield, there's an element, there's a level of spectacle to it Yeah, that is just lacking here. You, you've you got a level, you've got a similar geography in some ways, like you've got that termite mound hmm. in the middle of um, Mumbo Mountain. I assume that's m- the mountain that it refers to. You, to you've got it. similar geography between the two levels, but there's just a complete lack of any kind of spectacle or intrigue or... Uh, interest to mumbo's mountain mumbo mountain and it's also very disparate as well there's there's a certain amount of cohesion to what's going on in mario 64 and bob on battlefield however however zany it might seem there is a level of cohesion that all works within the mario world here we came across a Donkey Kong style,
0: well, a, a gorilla on top of a tree that was called Conga. It wasn't particularly difficult to see what they were Yeah.
1: Yeah, we came. We there was that. Uh, there were these ants that were part of this colony of uh, it, that that were in the mountain. Termites. There was a. There was sorry termites. There was Mumbo up in his village. There was um, a like Stonehenge type thing.
0: There was a bull rampaging. There around. There
1: was a bull rampaging around for no reason that you couldn't kill. Uh, all these—that's five elements of this level that completely don't make sense mm. with one another. They—they they, there's no cohesion at all. It's like just throw a bunch of stuff in, fill yeah. the level.
0: I—I I was getting a sense powerful. of like South America with the the mumbo and the termite stuff, but then that conga, the ape and then the bull don't really and the Stonehenge thing don't really fit in with that, do they? Yeah, it's quite but i wasn't getting a sense
1: of south america if i'm honest
0: having said all that i still liked exploring the level
1: yeah i didn't mind exploring the level but i think that when it come when you compare it to other um 3d platformers it just doesn't stand out really does it i i think it's unfortunately for it i found it in 2008 i came to it in 2008 and it had some shoes to fill as well like it Mm. It, in in and of itself, it had a reputation, and I w- was coming to it expecting something from it, and I didn't. I didn't really think that it fulfilled that. It also had stiff competition, both from its contemporaries, but also from recent what to come afterwards. Into, yeah, yeah. Mario Galaxy had <laughs> just come out, so. It was not going to compare very favourably to that. Uh, And I think trying to compare those two things now is unfair, really. Doing it at the time was fairly unfair as well.
0: Did it have um, such a good reputation? Because maybe it came fairly hot on the heels of Mario 64, and then you had these two pretty good, well, these two excellent... Not even too excellent, I'm trying to compare Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie. These two platformers that were on the N64 that... You know, and that was why it was kind of held as being quite totemic.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, they there was definitely an element of that. It was the competition between uh, the N sixty four and the PlayStation, and there was Crash Bandicoot on the scene, um, and Mario was the old guy who was uh, lifting the uh, raising the bar for everybody. But then there was this new kid on the block who was Banjo. Well, new kids, Banjo and Kazooie, and they were. They were a new entry, the same as Crash Bandicoot and Tomb, uh, and Lara Croft were mm-hmm. for the PlayStation. So yeah, maybe there was an element of that. They were very stand out in terms of car uh, in terms of character, but again, I'm not sure how stand out they actually are when you compare them to. And and there's possibly a reason that they don't they haven't been revisited now. I I mean I don't know if you played Nuts and Bolts.
0: No, I've, uh, on I've the got
1: N- on the Xbox.
0: I've made some notes about it to talk about once we can't talk about this game. Um it doesn't from the sounds of it, it doesn't fill me with inspiration, I'll be honest.
1: I've got nuts and bolts. I remember enjoying it for a Christmas um right. period. Um and and I was playing that alongside this, because I think there was some kind of tie in where you got the original game as as a download if you bought nuts and bolts. Um I think I got more enjoyment out of nuts and bolts than I did Banjo Kazooie. So, yeah. I know it's not very well regarded as a. It's fairly. fairly bland in and of itself. But it's fairly bland on its own terms, nuts and bolts, uh, is people's takeaway from it. But maybe it was just living up to its past in that (laughs) respect.
0: Well, let's just leave out what you just said about the characters. Uh, You've mentioned them as characters. Uh, Kazooie. I said in the first half, they called she, uh, her, I think it's a shirt. Them. Uh, them, I have no idea. I was also the word shirt then. That um, they called the bird Kazooie because uh, it was an annoying instrument. I I didn't find Kazooie irritating. I found Kazooie downright rude and, and just just horrible. Like there, there was there was this attempt at banter between the mole who gave you tutorials, which we'll talk about in a, in a couple of minutes because that's a whole separate thing as well. But each time you had this tutorial from this mold, there was this back and forth of like friendly, bickering, bantering between the mold and Kazooie. Mm. Some of the stuff Kazooie was saying to the mold was just, just unpleasant.
1: Right. I started skipping the dialogue quite early on because I was finding it irritating uh, across mm. the board, not just Kazooie. So I think and I was quite annoyed by, as you've said that we're gonna we're gonna circle back to, the the whole tutorial situation anyway, and the fact that I was doing it because I it happened because I just pressed the wrong button. Um, and then i couldn't skip out of it so i was skipping through the dialogue quite uh quite a lot all the way through that as well
0: and this dialogue I-, I talked about in the first half that the whole mumble thing which is what it's known as like they're, they're not mumblessome it they're just these little noises and they were horrendous some of them i was getting really wound up by those as well
1: i personally found them very uh unobtrusive to the mm. to for the most part but then mm. there was a character and i can't remember which one it was where all of his dialogue was accompanied by burps. Yeah. because Which may well be funny for, I don't know, 10-year-old me, but uh, 34-year-old me is over that, I think.
0: Yeah, completely. And also at that point, maybe just reference the fact that one of the moves that you unlock as you go through the tutorials, through the many tutorials, is you unlock the ability for Kazooie to fire out eggs out of either her beak or her bum. And the first time you fire it from... To tones behind you after the bum, it kind of elicits a bit of a, a smile, perhaps. After that, mm.
1: it didn't. It didn't do that for me. I. I mean, well, no. I'm I'll not be. On, I'll be honest. It it. it
0: it came. It came up, and I. I just like, it's like uh, it's a bit of a sigh. It's like, oh, yeah,
1: okay. yeah. And we're not going to dig down into this too far because I really can't bother. But it was a farting noise. I'm sure eggs don't come out of the backside, do they? Of the
0: caca cloaca cloaca Oh damn it!
1: Isn't isn't the cloaca I mean, we shouldn't get again. As I say, let's Should not go too, get too far too, into too it? deep into this, as it were. <laughs> the the cloaca I thought was where they uh, deposit the sperm uh, sack or whatever. Oh, I don't know man. whether I don't know. I don't. I don't care. know. I don't want. I, I, I don't want to spoil the thing when it was happening, and therefore and it's wrong she it was wasn't presumably shitting out. them out i don't i don't understand i don't understand <laughs> i'm ex- i'm asking too much realism of uh, banjo and kazoo i, I think so yeah i think so they wanted to make a cheap fart joke and they wanted to make it over and over again over the course of 11 hours <laughs> uh i don't think i'm necessarily the one in the wrong here
0: just talk about the, the tutorial chagrin uh, Shug- then
1: yeah, so I you get the option of doing a tutorial. It's quite clear which uh, what what you need to press. But if you do choose to do the tutorial, it then locks off all of the abilities if you uh, that, that you will have over the course of the game, and you then have to go and you don't just get told how to do them in place like a normal good tutorial, as far as tutorials can be good. You then have to go around this little area, finding what's his name, Blinky, Billy, Bobby,
0: goggles,
1: bubbles, bubbles, bottles,
0: bottles. Yeah,
1: got there. Bottles. Yeah, you have to go find bottles, molehills, and interact with each one to learn how to jump and double jump and glide and uh, fight. And uh, for some strange reason, there's a different one to learn how to shoulder barge uh that's not included in the combat one that's included in its own separate thing for for a stupid reason um if you don't if you haven't found the corresponding tutorial you just can't do that move and if you try and leave that area you can't do it until you've done all the tutorials it's ridiculous even if you're going to if you, i mean it's good that they gave you a choice for one if they do choose to do the tutorial there's a hell of a lot to be said for just fiddling around with the controls while you're, tr- while you're moving around this area. So to turn everything off until you've gone and activated it just seems like a wrong-headed idea.
0: But, and that extends into the levels themselves as well. So throughout the first level, Mummer's yeah. Mountain, you sort of constantly cross these molehills, well, constantly, like three or four of them. And each time you come across one, he will then give you or explain how to do another ability and then that ability will get turned on, which then leads to these weird situations where you might stumble across something and it will come up with some text saying, oh, you, you need to do this move at this point, but you've not found my molehill in order to learn how to do it. So go find my molehill then come back. Like, Yeah like my my question with that is either right if i found this thing that requires a special move can you tell me you know what why is the game not telling me how to do the special move here and now or Mm. why are the moves just not given to you from the outset and then when you come to a thing where right this is where you need to do that move like just have a bit of text or something pop up you know this is how to do it just to make it a bit you know that they're making it so that the game is gated off for the player and you're given it incrementally like just just give the player the toolkit from the off and let them experiment and yeah. work these things out for themselves.
1: I think there's a lot to be said for doing that. There are games that give you your your tool belt very uh, almost straight away and and just leave you to it. There is also something to be said for gating things off and incrementally in introducing new uh, tools. I did bring up Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham Asylum, and you you get given your tools. So you they, they are given to you over the course of the game. Um, and there are situations where you will see something that without a certain tool you can't do. And you have to you have to cut double back later on when you've got that tool and, and do that thing. The, the, the Riddler trophies mm-hmm. are, are a good example of, of how that happens. It feels very um, graceful the way that that game does it. And there is no grace whatsoever in the way that Banjo-Kazooie does it.
0: The only possible reason I can think of why the game is doing it, and if it is doing it for this, then I think it does make sense, is because they're aiming it at younger players, that for younger players actually coming into it, having these moves, that would probably be quite overwhelming. And, you know, we're coming to this as a pair of gamers, seasoned gamers in our, in our 30s. You know, for younger people playing it, then I think that probably would make sense.
1: Yeah, I was a younger gamer when this was around, and I would have been frustrated. Yeah, I guess so. I would have been bothered by it.
0: I to annoyed sp- me. Trying to get them the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, you're trying to give a give it a little bit of charity and that's appreciated, but it the thing is, so let's let's go to this. So another thing that uh, bothered me was the camera. And the the way the camera worked sometimes, sometimes you had a free camera and you could move it around uh you could move it around in one plane anyway you could move it around uh banjo
0: you could press a button and it automatically centered the camera behind banjo or what you could then do which i thought was really good is you could just have that button held down the whole time so the camera was constantly centered behind banjo now i can't think of any games that i played 3d platform games that came out around the sort of time you spyros etc that did anything like that they might have denied just not remembering it but i thought Mm. that was a really really good move
1: that i'm fairly sure And I can't name any to back myself up, unfortunately, but I'm fairly sure that that was semi-standard across a number of 3D platformers of the time. At the same time as there being some nice touches to the camera system, there were some really awful things, such as sometimes it was a camera that you had control over and sometimes it just locked you into one camera position and the camera positions that they chose were often not ideal. For example, when you're in the termite mound as a termite, and you're climbing up the side of this termite mound on the interior, the, there are moments where you can't really see where you're supposed to be jumping, and you can't do anything about it because the camera's locked in a in a particular perspective.
0: And then that you have to do some even, blind jumps, which then, if you failed, you then have to start up at a platform again. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The camera, the ca- that camera decision is a terrible camera decision. I think, by and large give control to the players. At the same time, the, the 3D was new and people were learning standards as they were going and figuring things out as they were going. And we had lots and lots of awful camera systems around this time. So Banjo-Kazooie is not at all out of the ordinary and therefore you can be charitable about the about the camera situation. The thing that you're talking about and you're trying to be charitable about, maybe that's the case as well. I can't remember what it was. What was it?
0: The holding down the button to constantly centre the camera behind the banter.
1: No, no. There was something else as well, wasn't there?
0: Before you said about being charitable. uh, uh, Unlocking the moves. The the fact that the moves got unlocked incrementally. Okay. Yeah, you can try and be charitable towards
1: it and you can try and think about it in the context of the time that it was released and that's fine um and the challenges that were apparent at the time um but at the same time it it, it's also a game now it's a game that exists now and that we're playing now and there's only so much charity you can offer it because i i all of those things i can let go the fact is though there was there's nothing there's nothing outstanding about it is there and that's what it boils down to that's what it boils down to for me
0: yeah i've got a couple of other points i think the the controls are quite good like controlling banjo yeah. feels quite tight and as you go through you do unlock an awful lot of moves which i think actually makes it quite flexible and um, i think the music is quite good as well but you know i i it's, it's really i agree with your point like it's of where what the game is and where it stands and, and all about. Like, I still like the game. And I just, I'm really struggling to put my finger on what it is I like about it. Like, I, th- I think it's It's pretty, inoffensive. Pretty good. Yeah, possibly that is.
1: I, it's, I, I'm not trying to put words into your mouth. I, I'm the same. I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. I'm not in any rush to spend more time with it. And there was certainly a point where I went, oh, I've had enough of this now for today. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't enjoy it again if I went on it and did the next level or whatever um, else it has to offer. And and the problems that it does have weren't enough to ruin any like to ruin my experience with it. It was fine. It was enjoyable. I liked it. The package was a, a reasonably good package, but
0: should it have I'm the not... reputation it has?
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And I'm not sure it should. I'm not sure it should. Um, I, I'm i not sure that it's... I'm just not sure that it's worth anyone's time these days.
0: Well, if anyone is interested after that kind of uh, sort of come at it with... Uh organs blazing and then kind of retracting slightly it is available on uh, switch online it released in january this year it's the first time it's been re-released on a nintendo console so there's a bit of hubbub about that it is also currently available as part on the xbox as part of the rare replay package which is 20 pounds if one wanted to buy it separately there's a lot of games in there which is i was quite impressed with Um, but it's also on game pass the rare replay so if you have game pass you have access to the rare replay uh, title, which has Banjo Kazooie as part of It's on the
1: console that. version of Game Pass. It's not on PC Game Pass. Oh, I don't okay. Know if it's on cloud either, so it, you have to be accessing that through uh, an Xbox console. Right. Okay. Uh,
0: there are also a few. I shall I'll pause that I'll
1: And if on. you're doing that as well, if you are accessing it, accessing it through Game Pass, you might as well buy it because it costs about five pounds. Last time I looked, I've I don't own an Xbox, but I bought the Rare Replay. I own that, I've got it, it's still in the cellophane, just on the off chance that in the future I do buy an Xbox, because that Rare Replay package is amazing. It's got everything that Rare's made, basically. Yeah, I I couldn't
0: believe when I was looking through how many games mm -hmm. are part of this.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really fab um, package, and there's like a museum element to it, where you can go in and you can have a look at behind the scenes stuff. That I'm really intrigued by. I haven't obviously had the chance to put it into any console because I don't own one. But um, from my my understanding is that it's just very well done, very well made, Um, and the perfect example of how to treat your back catalogue right. Yeah, exactly. We're we're very bad as an industry at preserving our history um a lot of it has disappeared um maybe that'll get better in the future just the same as it has for other mediums but um yeah that that is definitely rare replay is definitely an example of how to do it well
0: uh we've mentioned the the sequel a few times banjo 2 before i start talking about kind of what happened after banjo kazooie 1998 you've done a bit of digging into a stop and swap, and you found a leaked memo from 2021
1: 20, yeah so that i i kind of suggested that that was something that I'd seen before uh, in the first half. And, and it was in the back, it was in the dregs of my mind, like the back, very back of my mind. I had to dredge it right right out of, the, uh, of that particular sewer. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it was that Nintendo had a few reasons that stop and swap wouldn't or shouldn't be done. Sorry, couldn't or shouldn't be done. Um, one of them, the most legitimate technical reason was that uh, they couldn't guarantee that the rd ram would hold the necessary data in the memory of the n64 long enough for the console uh, long enough for the cartridges to be swapped because what the stop and swap allowed you to do or or didn't didn't allow you basically stop and swap worked by swapping two consoles uh, swapping two cartridges in the n64 and in order to do that you had to turn the console off then the ram the memory would hold the necessary data for a very finite amount of time and it was a technical sort of backdoor to to allowing this thing All to happen right. it wasn't it wasn't an inbuilt thing it's the same it's the same with like um well any any computing you you get these like i don't know how to explain it but basically you electronics holds a charge uh, electrical things hold a charge even after you've taken away the power source and um if you want to stay if you want to not damage stuff uh, it's a very good idea to once you've taken the back the battery out or the power plug out to hold the power button on things and that will deplete the um rest of the power that's in the in the circuits or the capacitors or, or anything
0: did not know um, that
1: with the N64, one of the side effects was that it would hold things in RAM for a, a short period of time after the power was turned off. That allowed Rare, being trying to be innovative, uh, to use this stop and swap. So they could turn the console off, swap a cartridge out for another cartridge, load it up, and that data would still be in the RAM if you did it quick enough. That
0: is very savvier than to use something that is a bit of a... Uh, not not a negative, but like a, a bit of a quirk, I guess, of the console. And then actually use yeah. it to, to do something, as you said, innovative.
1: It is. It is a smart thing to do. It's a cool thing to have tried. Uh, Nintendo took issue with it because, you know, it wasn't guaranteed that all Nintendo 64 mm. consoles would always do that into the future. If they iterated on the design, as they were often uh, trying to do for cost reasons a lot of the time. They couldn't guarantee that the RD RAM would um, continue to behave that way. And so future consoles might not allow Stop and Swap to work the way that it was working at the current period. They were also worried, as I intimated in the first half, that people would damage their consoles or their cartridges by uh, pulling the cartridge out when the power was on.
0: Okay, so that's, uh, that's Stop and Swap then. So um, very quick history of banjo we're going forward. So in 2000, there was the sequel Banjo-Tooie, which... Banjo-Kapooie, just came up with that. I did think about leading the second half with that, but I thought it was uncharitable. And also, I doubt that's not reflective of, of my feelings. No, it. it's so, not. No, uh, um, it's,
1: uh, it's a... You're no, I don't feel that way. Yes,
0: yeah, just... <laughs> retract, retract. I just wanted
1: to say it. Yeah, I just wanted to say it.
0: banjo two went in being bigger and better. I've mentioned uh, that it included multiplayer and included more levels. And uh, generally seen as being pretty good. So I would be interested to play Banjo-Tooie after the one uh, playing Banjo-Tooie today. It Sometimes was then
1: more by... is not good, though. I it, it was nice so one of the things sorry I'm right. gonna launch into a tiny little other thing one of the things that occurred to me when I was feeling unsure about what what I was feeling during playing was that I one of the games that I really really enjoy and go back to time and time again and have since I started playing it is Tony Hawk's that Tony the Tony Hawks series one and two I can do most of those levels in a single run or maybe two and i can do all of the challenges 10 challenges in a single run and i feel and that's two minutes so it takes two minutes to do everything available in that level Mm -hmm. and i feel really satisfied being able to do that and maybe i'm being unfair to banjo kazooie in saying that there's a limit that the levels feel fairly limited and small and um being able to complete them in such a short space of time is, is not great or whatever. Uh, but I felt immensely satisfied at the same time with Tony Hawk's. So I started to to walk back on that idea. And maybe that was one of the reasons that I liked... One one of the reasons that I was enjoying Banjo-Kazooie. Because I was sort of being able well, how to... How tight
0: and focused the levels were.
1: Yeah, that might be one of the elements that I was enjoying. So, if you explode that, I had to go back to Arkham Asylum. Loved Arkham Asylum. It was super tight. Arkham City, sprawling.
0: Yeah, I wasn't taken with Arkham too City. Too much.
1: So, is Banjo-Tooie, having not played it, and having heard what you just said about it, is Banjo-Tooie Arkham City? Is it? Is it like a <laughs> more is better a, approach, when actually they might have been better refining something else? I—I'd
0: I, I, be honest. I don't know. That was no, just one of the phrases I, I jotted down. I'm assuming loud. it just means more levels, and that maybe those levels, maybe the gameplay has been refined, maybe it's other stuff's been tightened beneath 3 I don't know.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. I just—I just—it was something that I had been on my mind, and it felt like an important uh, like a good moment to. Well,
0: maybe we should play banjo query to that, it at some point. That. In one of our multiples of ten, go on.
1: Maybe,
0: maybe the upcoming maybe. episode one. It's a good candidate, th- isn't it? It's is a good candidate. Right. It's
1: got a reputation, and we've yeah. not played it, so
0: we'll see. Uh, and then the Game Boy Advance received a few sequels. There was a game mm. called Hang on, let me read my notes. A game called Grunty's Revenge, which came out in two thousand and three, and then in two thousand and five, a game came out called Banjo Pilot, which is a racing game.
1: Yeah, I haven't played that. I have played Grunty's Revenge. What's it like? Uh, not like Banjo-Kazooie. We will be we'll be talking about it in the future. Okay. So you'll find out.
0: I'll be honest, I'd never heard of it. So uh, mm. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Then, after sort of 2005, we've we sort of talked about the the, the fact that, that Banjo-Kazooie got released on the Xbox. <clears throat> Microsoft bought the characters because they wanted them to be potential mascots for the Xbox. I think they'd kind of seen, you know, your Spyro, your Crash Bandicoot, your Lara Croft. Microsoft didn't really have that beyond Master Chief. So Mm. they, for whatever reason, thought Banjo-Kazooie would link to the Xbox brand. And as part of that, that then led to the sequel you've mentioned, Nuts and Bolts, which came on the Xbox 360 in 2008. And, this was all about building vehicles in order to complete challenges. And it was inspired mm. by the Lego games and it was less platformy, apparently.
1: It was less platformy. It wasn't necessarily bad.
0: No, I, I don't think it is it bad. I'm just, It's just, it's a yeah. bit of a, again, a bit of a, a left turn for the characters.
1: Yeah. It, you could do right turns as well, as long as you set your oh, very vehicles good. up correctly.
0: The Xbox Live version of Banjo-Kazooie released in 2008. It was an HD remaster and it had achievements and incorporated the stop and swap which we have talked about a few times now mm. uh, alongside the nuts and bolts game and the live port of banjo 2 so between those three games on the Xbox live banjo 3 banjo 2 nuts and bolts there was this stop and swap element between the three of them sort of it was it was the yeah. first the first time it had actually been realized properly Mm. Uh, the characters also appeared in super smash brothers ultimate in september 2019 as characters and then a playable stage of a level on uh, from banjo kazooie and they also cropped up in sega all-stars racing uh, i've never played it so i don't know
2: i did not like
0: yeah why yeah yeah exactly How? exactly why so you sort of after having this kind of history they're now popping up in, in other other games as like unlockable, downloadable characters. Yeah, everything makes
1: sense up to there. Like, all of the... All of what you said was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you were like, yeah, Sega All-Stars Racing. What? Yeah. They've got no... They've got no tie to Sega. They're, or not Sega they're not Sega.
0: They're not All Stars. Yeah.
1: Well, they're not All Stars. either. Although they they do have they have this reputation. That's Ex- what I kind of doubt.
0: exactly. Understand. And that's what I think. These two cameos, the Smash Brothers and Sega All Stars Racing. I think it's playing on that. I think it's just it's um, what's the word? It, it's carrying on this legacy of kind of you know them being these kind they're of gaming deals. icons. Yeah when they're reduced to just yeah. these cameos, although there has been talk of a revival and there's a few rumblings in the internet that, um, that something is on the cards for them in the future.
1: Yeah. But those rumblings have been rumbling since nuts and bolts. <laughs> Let's have a proper sequel was one of the things that was, uh, was rumbling and they've rumblings. been changing and fermenting for ever since. And, and, and actually one of the things that you kind of, you won't, people won't know, because I'll have cut it, but you kind of waited on me to say something after you said about their cameo in Smash Brothers. Well, there is something to say about that, and it was that the internet went insane when that was sort of on the cards, because it was leaked ahead of time for a start, and then people, instead of focusing on the fact that they were getting Banjo and Kazooie in Smash Brothers started going. Oh, that must mean there's a sequel. They're gonna, they're gonna release yeah. a new game, and it, it became a thing for, for a period. Again, that Microsoft were gonna do right by Banjo Kazoo- Banjo and Kazooie, and uh, do something with the, the license, but they haven't, and I don't really see. I've not, I've not seen anything concrete.
0: Well, the, the only that thing makes me think they will. The only thing that's kind of in the ether linked to Banjo Kazooie is uh, the elephant in the room, uh, the 2017 game Ukulele, which was created by Platonic, which is made of. The okay, I'm
1: gonna say it this time. Pukulele.
0: Yeah. Uh, made of former rare stuff, and it's one of those quote spiritual successors. So Ukulele. Kick started. It, yeah, kickstarted. Ukulele came out 2017 to to great fanfare, and as a, a 3D platform aficionado i bought it because uh, it got pretty good reviews at the time and then i think did was, it? yeah That's it did how i remember and it. then and i then, remember it being well,
1: absolutely maligned
0: and then i think there was a bit of a backlash against it as people kind of got into it and i thought oh no i, I like 3d games so i'll give it a go and i downloaded it and uh i was i thought it was okay and then the further I got into it, the more angry I got with it. I got so fed up with it. I just thought it was absolutely terrible. It's the only game I bought with my Switch that I, I've deleted because I, I just can't. Just seeing the icon on my on my Switch home screen uh, enraged me so much that I had mm. to, I just had to delete it. it just it, it is so bad.
1: On the other end of that spectrum, Ukulele did get a sequel called The Impossible Layer, and that is more in line with the Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Series, well and I, I actually I've played that and enjoyed it. So th- I played
0: the demo of that because someone recommended it to me and I was like, Oh god, oh god, and I gave it a go and actually it is very me. good. But yeah. I, I can't I can't myself to, to buy it just, just because of oh. how much I was stung by the first one.
1: Mm, it wasn't again I think it's a really tight and and polished uh platformer. The second one. The impossible layer, yeah. yeah. But it's not I'm not too fussed. the, the first
0: the first one the first ukulele is it's all the things we've criticized Banjo-Kazooie forced, and, and a few things we've not talked about it was mm. it was as as I was playing Banjo-Kazooie today I, it was reminding me of the things I didn't like about ukulele because it is it's just the, the same but yeah kind of getting a bit of bit of um bit of a polish for the from a done more a modern bit audience better. but uh yeah if
1: you had done as I suggested and kept up with your Kept up with the giveaways on Epic Games. You'd have both ukulele and ukulele the impossible layer for free, and you you wouldn't have to invest any hard earned pennies into trying them out properly. I'm a bad man. You are a bad man. I'm glad we can finish on some agreement.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Banjo Kazooie, done. Case closed. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed us, remember to come join us on all of the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, although we are most active on Facebook by quite some margin. But, you know, if still come join us on these other ones and like, share, subscribe, rate, and review as well. Next week we will be episode 129 onto one of Ashley's games and then the week after is 130. So we'll be doing a game we've not played before, which is exciting times. Mm,
1: yeah thank you for sticking around till the end and uh we'll see you next week bye cheerio